it's very easy in the day-to-day -day grind of communications where you are pushing stuff out all the time to forget that there is an audience there. And in 2018, we now have a very diverse audience base that goes from your 65, 70, 80 year olds, maybe a lower level of digital literacy, all the way down to your millennials, your, your digital natives. And we, as communicators, need to write for all of them. And that's the really challenging part. When I hold workshops, I challenge them to drill down and go deeper and go, okay, this thing that you wrote last week, the guy who is 70 years old doesn't have the greatest internet connection, is really, really cynical about this topic. Is he gonna connect with that what you wrote yesterday? If you've made an impact, it's because you've connected with someone and they've gone, I've got it. I'm helping them solve a problem. They can feel better, more confident, whatever it is. That's my purpose. Welcome to episode 108 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that helps you become a top communicator by sharing stories from people who are influential in their field. I'm Amelia Ville, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. The art of copywriting is an important skill. With more diverse audiences accessing information from multiple sources, the ability to write your business story to suit specific platforms and attract your target audience could be the difference between obscurity or success. Kylie Bristow is a corporate communications specialist and trainer and the director of Lexi Communications. Kylie recently invited me to present at the Business Writers Conference in Brisbane. And whilst there, we sat down to talk about our shared passion for communications that drive human connection. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Kylie shares her formula to help you write human-centered content. We talk about how to write with impact and she shares the lessons that she has learned about the importance of building a business that matches the lifestyle you want. This is Kylie's version of Be The Drop. Do you want more communication insights? Then jump onto Facebook and join me and my community of brand storytelling superheroes. It's absolutely free to join. We provide a supportive space and we share a range of helpful storytelling resources. So if this sounds like your kind of group, head over to Facebook and join the brand storytelling superheroes. Well, Kylie, thank you so much for joining me on our next episode of Be The Drop. It's lovely to sit down with you. Thank you. It's good to be here. I had the absolute pleasure of speaking yesterday at the Queensland Business Writers Conference, which you coordinate. So I do want to ask you a little bit more about that. But before we mm -hmm. get into that, you have your item of significance here. I do. And that's something that connects you with your community and gives us a little bit more insight into what you do. So can you please explain it for us? I have brought something that is definitely significant to me. Um, it's a book, it's a novel, it's Harriet the Spy. It was my absolute favourite book growing up. Like it, it, I've, this, is, this isn't even the original copy that I had when I was a kid because I kept taking them everywhere and losing them and having to get another copy. And this is one that I've gotten in the last couple of years. So I do still have it and I still read it. I don't mind the movie as well. There's a couple of things about it. One is... I started reading very, very early. I, um, I, I think I learnt my letters when I was like four. 
and by the time I was five, reading everything I could get my hands on, and then I went to school, and you know, I think one of my report cards said um, Kylie's uh, story writing ability is beyond her years. Um, but her handwriting leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> That's a, an actual quote. So, but I, you know, you can kind of understand why my writing was so terrible because I was writing really, really fast because I had so many ideas coming out of my head all the time and I still do. Um, I related to Harriet and there's a couple of quotes here. One is, um, I want to learn everything I can and I want to write down everything I see. And uh, when I read that, I was like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> and she said, Harriet hated math. She hated math with every bone in her body. She spent so much time hating math that she never had time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, sometimes you have to lie, but to yourself, you must always tell the truth. That's my item of significance. And it, it sort of, it takes me back to my childhood. And I, I think that for me, the link to what you're doing now is that you're connecting that passion of writing and sharing it with others and yeah. helping nurturing that in others. Yeah, definitely. Which is brings us back around to the Writers' Conference. Mm -hmm. You know, for you, so you've been doing that since 2012? Yes. Yeah. So that's something, you know, what was the reason that you set that up? That goes back, uh, the first thing I was told at university at the time, and hopefully they don't tell people this anymore, but they said, oh, if you want to be an editor, you're going to have to go to Sydney or Melbourne after you finish your degree um, because there's really no publishing in Brisbane. I thought, all right, well, I'll just start my own little business then. And I started um, freelancing. And then around 2011, 2012, I found out that the organisations and the government weren't really outsourcing the, the reports and the, and the proposals and things. As much as they had been, they were just giving the job to somebody in-house um, because it was cheaper. So I said, oh God, what's gonna happen to, to my, no, my publishing? And they said to me, all right, well, we, we don't need you to do any publishing work, but hey, do you do any training? Um, because we could actually use someone to come in and train up our writers. And I, I was like, oh, okay. Well, I, I did teach at university um, at QUT and I've done a little bit of, of work in that area and uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll come up with something. So I came up with a, a workshop that would help. And then I thought, you know what, let's just do this on a grand scale. <laughs> I don't know why, maybe that's just me, but I just went, hey, what if we did a conference? I actually remember the moment I thought of it. I was reading a book. I don't remember what book, but it was about a guy and he was just talking about, it was a business book and, and he said, and then I went to a conference, blah, blah, blah. And the word conference, I swear it was lit up in, in neon. <laughs> and I just stared at that word and I went conference. I could have a conference. And literally that's how it started. Tell me then, you mentioned your story. So let's hear this story about, you know, that's really been an aha moment and something that you've taken away from that. I would say the biggest thing as I said before, I think I've read too many business books <laughs> and watched too many business videos and watched too many high flyers to the point where I was so immersed in all this material that I was reading that I was convinced that if I wasn't building an empire, I wasn't running a real business. And I, I was terribly fearful. And I realised eventually that I'd put too much pressure on myself. I really stopped and thought, what do I want? What's most important to me in yeah. the whole wide world? And I know what it is, it's freedom. It might've been the four hour work week or something like that, but one of the very first lines in it is design a business around the lifestyle that you want. Mm, that's I, good advice. And yeah. I read it again mm. around this time and I went, oh, Kylie, 
you know, what are you doing? <laughs> How are you going to have your free little life and build this massive empire? And what do they you, don't match. You don't want employees anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Shifting then into the workspace, you know, where you're delivering this work, when you're talking to audiences about communication, can you tell me, you know, is there sort of a key factor or a number one thing that can really help people communicate with impact? The key is the reader and it's very easy in the day-to-day grind of communications where you are pushing stuff out all the time to forget that there is an audience there. And in 2018, we now have a very diverse audience base that goes from, you know, your 65, 70, 80 year olds with, you know, certain levels of experience in the world digital literacy, you know, maybe a lower level of digital literacy, all the way down to your millennials, your your digital natives. And we all come at the world from a different perspective. And we, as communicators, need to write for all of them. And that's the really challenging part. You know, when I hold workshops for government staff, particularly when I ask them who, who their customer is, in workshops, often what comes back is Queenslanders. We, we write for Queenslanders. We write for the engineering industry. We write for, and that's for really broad. Yes. And I challenge them to go to drill down and go deeper and go. Okay, this thing that you wrote last week, the guy who lives in Winton, who is seventy years old, doesn't have the greatest internet connection. Um, th- is really, really cynical about this topic, thinks you're full of crap, is, is, is he going to connect with that, what you wrote yesterday? For example, I, I spent some time working in um, natural resources and mines and I was writing about uranium mining and I had to be aware that, you know, yes, I was writing jobs, 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 but I had to be aware that these were really cynical audience. Mm. You know, I... I I had to go into it knowing, knowing that about my audience, these people are actually even angry that this mind's going ahead. And I've got to, I've got to tread carefully. I can't be blasé about that. If you've made an impact, it's because you've connected with someone and they've gone, I've got it. How do you do that? Well, you have to know them first. As people write in communications, once they've got an understanding of their audience, mm-hmm. What sort of things do they need to then do with their writing to continue that level of connection and and human connection? Yeah, there's about eight things I reckon that you can find out about your reader. I've got a list at home and um, it's it a lot of it is, you know, their attitude to the topic, what they think of you personally, (laughs) not you as the writer, the organisation, what they think of the topic, what they already know about it. Um, We talk about plain language writing a lot, but for me, plain language writing is not so much about simplifying language. It's about writing for appropriate language for your audience. Now, if you're writing for engineers, you can use a lot more jargon. Jargon is only jargon when the person who's reading it doesn't understand it, okay? Mm. So you can use a lot more technical language when you're writing to an engineer explaining an engineering problem than you can if you have to write to um, a householder explaining an engineering problem in their yard or something like that in, in, in their house. Um, you, would, you would use completely different language for those two. And so that comes back to why the reader is so important because then you're going to choose. You, writing is about making choices, okay? And people, 
who write incredibly long-winded, convoluted pieces aren't making choices. They're just writing. So there's research to be done. There's structure. Why is essential, okay? Mm. Why am I doing this blog post? Because people have been complaining about this topic for a long time. It gives me the opportunity at the end to promote the next workshop because we're going to be discussing that at the workshop. Great. So I, so I need a link to my workshop at the end and I need to make them feel better about this topic and assure them, see, I'm doing something for them and something for me. Mm. I'm assuring them of my credibility. So I'm, I'm you know, they, they have faith in me as a presenter or whatever. They, for them, I'm helping them solve a problem mm. and they, they can feel better, more confident, whatever it is. Mm. That's my purpose. So, I, you know, I loved in, in, you know, that answer, there was, a, there was almost a formula in that, in mm. the, you know, understanding who, mm-hmm. knowing purpose. why, and then putting, solving that problem mm-hmm. and giving them a call to action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Which is, you know, and that is, that's a, a great formula to follow. Mm-hmm. And even just, even just having that approach, if you haven't done much writing, that's going to help improve the quality of what you pr- content you're producing. Yeah. Be the Drop is based on a uh, quote that I really love, which is, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. So it's all around the ability of one drop to create impact when it's combined with other oh, people. Nice. So... Is there a quote that you have that really resonates with you and why? <laughs> People who know me will go, oh, my God, Kylie's got you know, books of quotes. So I've been writing down quotes since I was a kid. So when you ask me, like, what's your quote? I'm just like, ah, how would I ever choose one? But <laughs> I guess, you know, if I'm going to go to the trouble of sticking it on my wall, it's probably one of my favourite quotes. And this one is on my wall. Um, it's by a guy called Eckhart Tolle, who's a philosopher of sorts. He's got a famous book, The Power of Now, and it's beautiful. It's very meditative, actually. You read it and you go into a meditative state. It's so beautiful. But one thing that he says is the fact that everyone else is doing it doesn't make it any less insane. When I read that, I felt almost validated in a way. I, ha- I have to live my own way, and it's not the easy road. I know it's the hard road. Mm. Mm. Well, and, and I think that comes back to the point you made previously. It's about being true to yourself. Yeah. You know, was, yeah. In your journey, what's been your biggest challenge in growing your business and going, you know, working on your business full time? We, we, we spoke about it before. The two challenges that I really had to face, one was coming to that realisation that I didn't need to build an empire to have a real business. So coming to that realisation and being okay with it, when it finally got there, it was like a load off my mind. Mm. It, was, it was like a weight had fallen off me. But before then, it was doing my head in mm. because I was really building something I was scared would succeed. Um, so that's the biggest, biggest challenge probably. And, of course, when I started the conferences, that was massive. <laughs> Just building something out of nothing having an idea and then watching it become something is so fulfilling, but it's so scary until it actually becomes something. Because mm. otherwise, before then, it's just a thought in your head. Mm. <laughs> and it yeah. may or may not work. Yeah. And what is it that took you from the idea to actually taking that first step? Because that would be a scary, you know, sort of commitment to do it. I think the fact that I had enough experience up till that point to make it happen 
I'd been in the industry a long time. I'd been in communications teams all over the place because I'd been in and out of contracts. So I knew what the hot topics were and I knew what the pressure points were. So I was able to get good topics that resonated with the audience. Great. Then I needed organisational ability. I have that because I have OCD, I'm born with it. So that's one thing I had on my, um, my favour. I'm not, I am an introvert, but I'm not shy. I can stand in front of people quite happily if I know what I'm talking about. Um, I've been on stage all my life. I've, I was a dancer, I was a little singer, I was in musicals, so I'm comfortable in front of people. So you've really got to not be afraid to be front and centre. Mm. When you run a conference, people are going to talk to you. People are going to come to you. You're going to have to talk to them. Mm. Okay, well, thank you so much, Kylie, for joining me. And in conclusion, though, can you share with us your be the drop tip? So that's your top tip for communicating successfully in corporate communication. Yeah, never lose sight of the fact that there's someone else reading and never forget that there's a result. Your boss, your CEO, your, your, your DG needs you to write this. There's a reason you're writing it. There's a result that they want from it. And so that's always got to be front and centre, you know, and it, it's hard when you write five days a week and it's only going to get faster and the demands are only going to get harder. Mm. Um, but there are ways that, that we can tighten up what we're currently doing to make it easier on ourselves, mm. you know, stop duplicating. So the number one thing is, um, is the fact that it is human-centred writing. There are humans reading and there is a reason that it needs to be written and keep that in mind. Mm, perfect. That's good. All right. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that.